Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 36th episode of Talk Local. Uh, today, I was joined by Julio Guerrera. Julio is a local artist and philanthropist. He's an incredible person. Uh, he came on to promote his uh, new series called The Book of Voices. It's a Kickstarter, and it's awesome, so check that out. Um, but he does a ton of illustrations with the Death Bag series and just started a publishing company called Gorilla Publishing with Ben Miller, another local um, writer and artist. Uh, so uh, the interview is about 40 minutes long, and we talk about everything he's an EC kid and what that growing up um, in that world is like. Uh, the, he does a lot with the Boys and Girls Club, so I really wanted to kind of dive into what he gets out of that. He's been there for 12 years. Um, College-educated, awesome guy. And it was a pleasure having him on. Um, so I uh, hope you enjoy the interview. And the interview with Julio Guerrero starts now. So you, uh, when did you start like actually like drawing and stuff? I mean, that's an interesting thing because you've been doing that, it seems like, forever, right? Yeah. So drawing, and it's funny because everything comes full circle. I fell in love with art because of Felix and Ish and Kessa. No way. As a kid. Because that's, I mean, as a kid in East Chicago, we, we don't have anything, dude. You know, we, we didn't at that time. We didn't have art galleries or, or stuff like that really around. So what I saw was their work on the walls and everything. So I fell in love with the colors and I got into uh, griff writing. So I fell in love with graffiti and stuff like that. And then at the same time, my uncle refound his love for comic books and started bringing that on me. So both of those came together and just started drawing those as a kid or whatnot. And, um, Kind of fell off. I got really, like, really invested in music. Like I said, I was in, like, three bands and stuff like that. But I was creating logos for the bands and the flyers and all that. So it was still there. So you had that marketing background, man. Yeah, it was there, <laughs> man. And then what happened was um, I my grandmother had passed, and I felt, like, really deep depression. And, and not to get, like, super religious or anything, like, I started questioning God and, and all this, like, because in Hispanic culture, like, you're really heavily invested in, in religion. And Catholicism in particular, right? Yeah, definitely. So, like, all the patron saints and everything like that. My, my grandmother had got cancer. And I'm like, well, if, you know, if God really loves his children, why is my grandmother suffering, especially if she gave her life to you? You know, so I, I struggled and all that, man, and um, found my way. Uh, I was like really dark time and, and music came back and, and brought me back and I was like, you know what, man, fuck it. You know, um, it, it's not God's fault what happened to my grandmother. I kind of lost my way and uh, it's like, how do, I, how do I still make her happy? How do I make up for being angry at God and, and life and humans for like four years? How do I make that up? And uh, my thing was, when I used to be in college, we used to do student shows, and my grandmother would always show up, dude, and talk about art in Spanish to me. Everyone's art. We would go through every kid's, or not every kid, but every student's work and talk about it and what we see and all that. And I was just like, I need to revisit my artwork. I need to hold that dream because I would tell her, you know, I'm a stupid-ass kid. Like, oh, I'm going to make it to New York, and I'm going to hang out with the Ninja Turtles, Grandma. Like, that, you know, that was what I was telling her. And... um and I did it two years ago. I was invited to New York City Comic Con. Crazy, dude. Dude, like a punk kid from East Chicago. And I talked to Miguel about this. Cause Miguel lit me, in that time, he lit a fire under my ass. Like, we had a four hour conversation and it was him yelling at me like, you have a gift. And 
uh, if you don't use this gift, you're you're not anything, because you were given this. And uh, I was, you know, you get mad when someone's coming at you for four hours. And then we, uh, a few months later, we had a drink somewhere, and he goes, hey, man, I believe in you so much that I was willing to lose my friendship with you to see you succeed. That's how much you and your talent mean to me. So just seeing, like, all these people were pulling for me, and I had no idea. Even in my darkest times, they were still pulling for me. I was like, how do I keep this going, man? How do I still make them proud, even if they're living or dead and stuff like that? And um, so I got back into art heavily so for the last six years man have been the greatest six years of my life crazy so you're talking about on the path to try to find god right which yeah. i think i think most people go through especially in the arts industry oh, yeah. and, and especially in music i think bono has like a quote saying something like most bands are going through like they're either running away from god or they're going towards him yeah that's just essentially what it is that's you know um and so it's it's an interesting perspective to use your art out of that and so how does that does the individuality of creation does that of like what you're doing does that give you confidence because it's interesting man because one thing that like i hear from everybody from like your neck of the woods dude uh. and is that like everyone guys kind of like when you said like you're a punk kid from ec that's what's wild is is like where does that stereotype even come from i you know i think it's the the society man because in our and a few of our guys from our our part of the or our neck of the woods. <laughs> uh, are you recording or anything? Because I'm cursing up a storm, that, man. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you don't have to oh. apologize. <laughs> I like um, to kind of just jump into these convos, oh, man. Okay. Warm it up a little bit and I go for like, it. Man, I'm just cursing, and I don't know if you got a censor and stuff. No, there's no censoring oh, okay. for this. It's online, oh. dude. There's no rules. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. Man. Um, I think because of what the community was based on. So, you know, it's, it's a steel mill town. Yeah. You know, so the, the level of success, I want to say, in East Chicago was as long as you made it into the mill and you can provide for your family. So regardless of the creativity and, and all that, it was all about working for your family. And a lot of it was Hispanics coming from Mexico or Puerto Rico or Latin America, whatever, coming up just to take care of their families. And at that point, that was necessary. It was. But it got so embedded into the generations um that it's that's all they think about of us in east chicago you know but we have so much awesome stuff that came out of that kenny lofton came out Hell of there yeah. we got uh oh man i'm gonna botch all their dude, names junior bridgman yeah that's a real dude you know that guy nah so i played, heard the name but i haven't heard that any. guy was in the 70s or 60s or 70s east chicago like when they were in like that just state championship run mm. played for the milwaukee bucks the dude owns like 180 franchises right now like wendy's and burger kings and stuff oh, he's okay. a billionaire yeah. from east chicago dude so see <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. No, i'm from east chicago i just slept on the guy you just <laughs> dropped knowledge on me man but um yeah that's what it was so now any, if you see anyone steering away from that, you hate on them. And that's what it, what it is. It's like, oh, you from EC, you know, your goal should be working at uh, Inland or whatever it's called now, Arcelor Middle. So that's what the goal was. And if they see people like Miguel Cisneros or Ray Flores or myself or Ish or Flex and, and them guys branching out, they're hating on them because they, they broke the rule. But they have back from their family. Like, I'm the first male in my family not to work in a steel mill. Crazy. Yeah. But my uncle pushed that for me. 
you know, he was put in a situation where he had to work in the mill to provide for my grandmother and my mother. And he was like, you're going to amount to more than me, basically. So there are guys who have that, hey, I want you to be creative. Go make something of yourself. This is your legacy. It's not the mill. But a lot of us in that, in that area think the mill is our legacy. So I, I think that's where it comes from, where we're, we're hard on ourselves uh, because we're like, we're just some punk kid from EC, you know, because we, that's what we're considered, especially if you went left as opposed to right, you know. Well, and I mean, coming from my perspective, all I see is talent. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like whether it's Ish, whether it's Flex, the people you mentioned, even Miguel. I didn't know Miguel uh, from any from Adam until uh, we had Caesar on. Yeah, yeah. And he came on, and I didn't even know he was coming on. And so then, since then, it's like we just like I, he was just really cool. Yeah. And I, it, it's amazing how much he, people he's influenced and inspired. And it's right. and it's it's awesome to hear those stories, man. But like that's the that's the craziness is like you just see talent. So it's like, why, what, would, what would ever get in the way of that? And I could see how being, this, this area is very blue collar. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Um, and so it's awesome to hear that you had the family support to, to even like fulfill those dreams yeah, and yeah. to be able to use that because I know you're talking, well, we're talking about your project in a little bit here, but um, you're talking about depression. You're talking about getting out of your own, out of your own way. Yeah. You know, and so uh, in a lot of those situations, sometimes that like stimuli around you can create that. Oh yeah, definitely. and so does it, going back to like the initial question, and we kind of got off topic, but um, how much does the art allow you to be independent? Because I think that's my favorite part about it. Um, one hundred percent. I think it lets me be who I am, and that's the beauty about art, man. Like, um, I I don't like doing videos. I don't like I don't like my face being shown. Um, because of the stigmas that come with it, like, oh, he's an EC kid or anything, or, you know, he's a Hispanic, or, you know, it could be a, a bunch of stuff. But if you just put the art out there, faceless. That's why I fell in love with art, is you can conversate through art for meanings, and everyone has different meanings, but you'll touch somebody, whether they like it or not, you're going to touch them, but they'll never know who you really are. Yeah. But they know who you are. Because every artist, whether you do this, video, music, dancing, performing, or visual, you're exposing your soul to strangers. And that's a ballsy move, man. And uh, the artists get to do it faceless. And that what conveys the, um, the confidence, I want to say. Because I, I can be in an art gallery with my work, and no one will know who I am but I can sit back and see how I affected someone because of how I felt that time when I painted or drew that thing. And you appreciate that anonymity? Oh yeah, dude, because yeah. it, it, like, we're all here to help each other, right? We're all here to, to like affect one another in a positive way to love one another. And if I can help someone in that moment, it makes it that much, that's why I was put on this earth, to share the art through that, so. So you're talking painting. I've seen you do. So I ran into you at the superhero uh, training oh, supply, yeah. <laughs> thing, and you were teaching kids and parents uh, mm-hmm. how to draw, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. And it was very comic book esque oh, yeah. kind of like illustration, right? Yeah. And so you're talking about painting. What kind of art do you do? I mean, everything, a little bit of everything, because yeah, that, that was my first love was graffiti. 
Yeah. It was my first love. And I got still st- like sketchbooks. Oh, no, you got black books. And oh, stuff. yeah, dude. Nice. Of me doing it. And I <laughs> loved it, dude. So, like, whether it was, like, figuring out the way to write your name a million different ways. Oh, yeah. um, and then, like, once you, in, like, every kind of level you got better at, you know. Mm-hmm. And now with the internet, it's even nice because you get ideas. <laughs> oh, you yeah. Know? You're like, I'm stealing from that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, where, where, does, where does your art kind oh, of encompass? man. And um, is there a theme to it? <laughs> man. Um. So I'm classically trained as well. So I'm a fine artist, a, um, a griff writer, comic book artist, illustrator, all that in one. Because uh, I didn't find my mentors until college. And it was Martin Martinez and Wes Barrier. Because they saw, um, I guess they saw the passion or heart for it. And um, they're like, in order to, to do this, you need to know the rules so you can break the rules. So I took that on as if you're going to be an artist, you got to be a sponge of everything, get everything together. Um, whether you like abstract or not, if it's your thing or not, you got to bring it all in and then figure it out and play with it yourself. Um, so I, I'm just a sponge, man. My art style is I'm a sponge. Uh, if I really dig something, uh, you'll see me mock it in a way or something like that. And it's, it's not me like biting them or anything. It's me paying homage to them because they affected me somehow. Um, so that, that's what I want to say is like, it's just, it's everything. Cause I, I want to know everything. Cause you got to be well-rounded as an artist. I think you always just got to be hungry and, and, and want to work and figure this out and figure this problem out and bring it all together. Because the thing, an illustrator, the background of an illustrator might help you with a fine art piece or a fine art background might help you with a griff piece. Sure. You know, so sure. just knowing all that, man, and, and it's breaking rules and, but knowing the rules to break them. <laughs> so that, that I would say that's my stuff because I, I can go anywhere, any place. It's just however I feel. Uh, if I like, uh, I was just talking to friends of mine. I was like, I think I'm going to take, a step back for a little bit on the illustrating thing because I really want to paint again. And um, my girlfriend tells me, she's like, I love when you paint because you just get lost. And, it, and the stuff that comes out is completely different from the, like the death bag stuff, right, or, you right, know, and right. stuff like that. So I would just say it's all, all different. A theme? Um, I, I don't know, man. I never, like, really thought about it as a theme. I just, like, whatever I felt or whatever moves me, I think, just, just comes out. So, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> what, what, kind of, what do you feel inspired by? I mean, is it just everything? I know, like, because sometimes, like, I lean towards, like, pop culture a lot, mm-hmm. um, music, uh, movie, film. Yeah. Um, is there anything for you that you kind of – and books in particular for me? Yeah. Is there anything for you? Uh, music. Uh, music's a big thing. Um, you know, some, it's music and, uh, and political stuff, but I find the political stuff in the music, you know, to kind of help me out. Sure. Like rage. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Rage. Uh, was it? Prophets of rage now, uh, public enemy, all that stuff, man. Anything that, anything that has a message that I felt like needs to be done. And a lot of it, like if you look at horror movies, man. This is where I, I, I get it. Horror movies is a reflection of what's going on at that time. 
So that's how I look at my art. It's like a reflection of what was going on with me for that time. So those, those I guess that's the theme is like my sure. the period of my life. So when you look back at one of your pieces, you're just like that. It, it captures the emotion of that moment for you, that time period that you did it. Because there's a lot of alone time with this stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, a hell really of a lot. Is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that's great in a lot of ways, you know, because um, yeah. you just get a chance to capture your own imagination and just really focus. Oh, you yeah. Know? yeah. And, um in a world that like is trying to grab your attention every 20 oh, yeah. seconds. I live in it, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's how every video we make is to capture people's yeah. attention. But ideally, man, it's, it's incredible to see that how like you can sit there and kind of just really encapsulate that time period. And I, it happens for albums with me. Like yeah, yeah. I can tell you, like there's like 10 albums right now that I can tell you what was going on in my life, the, the season, awesome, the time man. period, everything. Um, and more than a handful, probably in the fifties, you know, of, of those things countless. Um, but it's awesome to kind of actually have that reflection. And so you see that a lot in your work? Yeah, I do. I, I can see like certain things or, um, or just callbacks. Um, cause like I, I do a lot of Joker stuff, uh, from Batman and, uh, and I, I used to do a lot of Batman stuff as a kid. And a lot of people, like, I see memes on, on Facebook and stuff like that. It's like, when you're a kid, you think like Batman. When you get, when you become an adult, you think like Joker. And, yeah, people laugh or whatever, but I'm like, that's kind of true in a way. Like, because my, I've noticed that, like, I found a shift. Like, I was a huge, I'm a huge Batman fan, but now I'm just like, I'm more of a, a uh, I'm a villain fan. Like, I pull for the villains or the vigilantes, like Punisher and stuff like that. Really? Yeah, just because of, I, again, my thing is um, just do everybody right. And it, it sucks when you see someone you care about or anyone done wrong mm -hmm. because of man-made laws or, or things of that nature. And, you know, that man created all this craziness. So man should kind of make it right. And that, that's where I come from, from that stuff. And I've noticed, like, certain things, like my, my villains are more more detail I don't want to say detailed but they're they're more invested into I want to say when it comes to the art as opposed to my heroes you know when I do the superheroes because it's more like ah okay you're you know yeah of course you're supposed to be bigger than that guy and this and that but it's like the villains because all villains are are heroes in their own mind they want the exact exact same thing as a, a hero but they're willing to cross that line to make it right. Well, what's interesting to me, and, and one of the things that's most impressive for me to, about you is that you're kind of living a superhero life daily <laughs> with your work at the Boys and Girls Club. Appreciate you that. You know, um, and so it's interesting that you'd have an attraction to the vigilante. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, dude, like, I mean, you, you, you work in an uh, like a industry that's selfless. And like I said, I saw the last time I saw you was at a, a nonprofit event yeah. helping people learn how to draw. And so you dedicate a lot of your time to education and influencing young people in particular. And so do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we can. Um, and which so Boys and Girls Club are you at? I'm at the Hammond Boys and Girls Club right next to like Hammond High and City Hall and stuff like that. Um, goes back to my grandmother, man. So I, w I was grant my grandmother in South Shore Arts, actually, John Kane and, and all that. Donna. Yeah. And, uh, Carolina, yeah. yeah, dude, they, they were a big, they're the reason why I'm in that now. Uh, they were, I was interning for them when I was in college and they knew I was very unhappy with my job. So Linda Ironman, who was the director of education at the time, I worked with her and I worked with Trish and, and uh, John and um, 
Miss Mary Mack. She was the gallery director at the time. And they knew I was, I don't want to say the job or anything like that because they're, they're reputable. But I was miserable at this place because it was just now I was just like collecting a paycheck. Mm-hmm. So they gave me opportunities to teach. They're like, hey, you want to make some, you know, some money on the side or whatever? Go, go teach at this school. And the, beauty, the beautiful thing was they made me go back to East Chicago and teach kids like in the after school program. And I'm sitting there, I'm going back like, well, I remember this school and I'm, man, it's changed. Everything's smaller now, you know? And, um, but I was teaching in East Chicago and I don't remember having those kind of programs when I was a kid. So it, it was coming full circle and I didn't even realize it until like right now talking about it. <laughs> and um, so the club director at, at the Hammond Club, his name uh, was Greg Reinhold and he needed an art instructor. And he reached out to John and all them and was like, hey, do you know somebody who can do this job? And so I went in for an interview and uh, I still remember the young lady who interviewed me. She was the director of education, Monica Edwards. And every word she said, when you come in, when you do this, this and that, I was like, I got this. So I went in and I thought it was just gonna be a job. You know, I go in, I teach some kids, I leave, whatever. And I'm in a training, and one of the trainers is like, who's here just for a job? And I raise my hand. He goes, you're never going to last because this is a career. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Day one? No, like three months in. Okay. okay. Yeah, and I'm like, whatever, man. Like, (laughs) this is a job. I'm going to move on. I've been there for 12 years, man. So it it became my career. Unbelievable. Yeah. So – in it, yeah, you know, every job you, you get your headaches and, you know, certain things you can't control and, and all that. But when my, uh, again, my grandmother was on her, some of her last days, she looked at me and was like, don't ever leave there because those kids need you. Damn. And she knew, like, she knew the headaches I was dealing with, um, inner office politics and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't mean just like the Hammond because it's an overall uh, agency. So some of the stuff going with the agency I didn't agree with and stuff like that. But um, she told me not to leave because of those kids. And man, I, I can proudly say since I've been there, all my kids have graduated high school. They've gone on to be very successful in college. I have a kid in, who wants to be an architect who's going to school right now for that. We just got a kid who just passed the bar who's going to be an attorney and things like that. And they all say it's because of the Boys and Girls Club, because of the programs and the relationships. Now, I've been, like I said, I've been there for 12 years. Now I got the kids of my kids coming in, and the reason why they're coming in is because they're like, you're still here. And I'm, that, you know, that, that's awesome, but it's, it's bigger than me, you know, because you can have anyone in that job just, you know, watching kids, but you, you really got to be in there and invested because that's essentially your family, man. Like, I'm there. I'm at work more than I'm at home. So the people I work with, those kids I see, those parents, I see them Monday through Friday, countless hours, and, they, you know, some of them just attached to you. And I became a godfather to one of the kids. No kidding. Yeah, dude, like, I buried a, a father to be there with one of the kids. Um, it takes a toll on you, man, but, you know, again, you know, that's what we're here for. Us as humans is to be there when, you know, for that stuff, so. 
Well, I have some experience with the Boys and Girls Club, uh, and it's the uh, Hessville one that oh, closed okay. down. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, it was an awesome experience because it was a place that was organized. That you can go and just screw around, dude. Yeah. You can go out there shoot hoops. You can go out there play foosball. You go out there yeah. do whatever. They had the activities there, you know. And um, how many of those kids are there for out of like are, that need to be there? I'm guessing it's got to be a good amount, right? That they yeah, just really don't have really. Yeah, I want to say like 90% of those kids need to be there. Yeah, know? just to kind of take up their time, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And 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 we're home to some of those kids, man. Like a lot of them kids, are like this is my second home because we deal with, you know, a lot of single parent families, yep. foster kids, and stuff like that. And this, you know, the world's tough, man. Especially now with social media and everything. So they, I mean, they're constantly getting it. As opposed to when we were kids, we we had our little safe havens where no one can get to us. But now they they're constantly, you know, we got a pocket, uh, a computer in our pocket. So where their safe haven is, it ain't even a safe haven anymore because they're constantly getting like text messages or messenger or Facebook posts or whatever. Crazy. And so they they don't have nowhere. But when they come here. To Boys and Girls Club, we we occupy them with so much. Like we feed them, we mentor them, we check on them, we give them like recreational play and and all that. So for four hours, four or five hours out of the day, they can become whole again. And 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 given that strength, it's like, hey, you got this. Don't you know? Don't let the world tear you down, man. You got this. Go back out and get them ready for the next day. Unbelievable, yeah, man. Dude. See, that's that superhero shit I'm talking about. <laughs> that's for real, man. Uh, no, no, I just, I'm always amazed at someone who's dedicating their life to it on a day-to-day basis. I mean, it really is just, it's got to be, because it's so rewarding and so, like, frustrating at the same time. It is. <laughs> you know? And, the fr- and, you know, like, anybody who's competitive knows that, like, when you lose a game, okay. it's like you lost 10. And when you win a game, it's like a pass to the next day. And so it's mm-hmm. such a, like, a... A testament to your your character and anybody who's inside that is and, and the jobs they're doing and making oh, it yeah. a career. So, yeah. dude, my hat's off. Thank you. Man. I mean, seriously. I know one of the reasons we're here is to uh, make sure that we're locking down um, what you're promoting. Oh, okay. And I want to make sure that people know that because it's crazy. Um, and so it's a Kickstarter that you've got going on right now. Yeah. Tell people what that's about. Okay. So uh, just launched the Kickstarter Friday for uh, Book of Voices. Uh, Book of Voices is a sketchbook style uh, format of 56 different vocalists with their lyrics that affected my life directly in the brightest of days and the darkest of days uh, throughout basically my 34 years of life who all affected me. Um, so that, that's what I'm doing right now. And it's a whole, it's a different part. Like I said, it's it's completely different from the death bag comics and whatnot because I took a fine art approach to this. Uh, so it's more of like real life portraits, if if you want to say real life portraits. Oh yeah, well I've seen some of the stuff, the Lane Staley yeah. one, the Phil Anselmo one, uh, at least not from your Facebook. And dude, yeah. you're killer at art, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> so man. cool to see that. And you're using like the lyrics of each one, that the, the part that like really kind of got to you. Yeah. Um, and you're saying 56 of those. So yeah. that's not something that's gonna be overnight. No. And how far are you into that it's, project? It's done. You've already you've yeah, already done them all. It's done. It's done. Yeah. No way. So yeah. this is just to put it in print. Yeah. 
So the Kickstarter is to help print and get the print cost for it and then ship it out to people and stuff like that. No way. So how do you plan on distributing it and stuff so people can uh, buy it? This is going to be completely different from the comic book game that I'm used to. Uh, so I'm reaching out to galleries, see if I can do shows with them, um, start reaching out to like record stores and stuff like that and see if we can do something like uh, co-promote the, the shops and the book and stuff like that. Um, it's And, you know, comic shops and stuff too. So well, yeah, it's nice because we're in a world now where it seems like there's more comic shops than ever. Yeah. You know, Chemshaw yeah. right down the road. I know there's yeah. that one in Griffith. Yeah, Creative Comics. Creative yeah. Comics. Then there's one in Cherville, right? Yeah, uh, Tenth Planet. Tenth Planet. So you've yeah. got three that are popping up, which yeah. is really great. And um, going back to your uh, your Death Bag series is really oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I When I saw you at the Band Art Fair last year, I uh, Ben uh, and Jackie gave me a copy. Oh, nice. And I did check it out. It's really cool, man. Thank you, The man. illustration in that and the writing is great. Thank you. And Ben's an awesome guy. Yeah. And Jackie's awesome, too, honestly. <laughs> Both are really cool. Um, how has that experience been? Oh man, that's been a life of its own. Um, and it, it started just because we wanted to do an anthology. So how you said, you know, getting people together. So we have a group called the lab and it's uh, a safe place for creators and we help each other out and everything. And we're like, Hey, let's make a, you know, uh, was it that Flowbots thing? It was like me and my friends made a comic book look how long it took yeah. that we lived that lyric because we we were talking about making an anthology comic with all of us together and be like hey look what northwest indiana has to have we're like a force to be reckoned with in the comic book game uh, and um so we're pitching it and this and that and i was like yeah i don't know i'll just do like a stupid grim reaper type deal like adult swim you know type thing and i was like that way i can kind of get my frustrations of humanity out in some 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 ah, type of way and it just became bigger than life it's been like two years that i've been working on that book man no way yeah so it's like four issues now and we just we're going to drop the trade next week so the it collects all four issues it's got a history of it and then my buddies just were like hey here's a pinup here's a pinup here's a pinup of this character that you created and that that was surreal man seeing my friends drawing this creation that basically we created all together so cool. And yeah. you, that, that crew is, you got Ashley in there, right, from yeah, Skulls and I, Sketches. She's yeah, cool yeah. as hell. Who else is in there? Uh, ben Miller's in it. Uh, the founder, actually, is J. Uh, Adam Foster, who created Humalian. Uh, we got Jorge Garza, or um, uh, Melissa. I'm going to mess her name up. Uh, <laughs> her last name. I'm going to mess a lot of last names <laughs> up. Uh, my buddy Vinny, who does Cryptic Closet. Um, man, who else? We got Bill Howlier. Uh, who's worked for like Dark Horse Comics and Moonstone and everything, and uh, he's from the area, so he's in it. Uh, Brian Grimbisky's in it. Oh, nice! Uh, he does the uh, NWI, NWI Comic Con, yeah. right? Cool. Uh, Chris Sapel, Lisa Jones. Uh, so we got a, a, a nice mix. Oh yeah, of I'm friends with Lisa on Facebook, dude. Her yeah. portrait stuff is really oh, cool, dude, man. Fire. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, you gotta look out for her, man. She's gonna be. She's gearing up for like 2019 to be her year. Really? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm stepping aside, bro. <laughs> like, you, you run with that. Well, that's what's nice about a crew, man, is that you can always like you can all like uh, put yourself up, you yeah, know, and definitely. really, really propel each other. Oh yeah. Is is uh? So I've got a. Um, I'm trying to think. Is it was Garza the guy who did my Tupac holding an 18th Street? I 
Oh, no. No, no, no. That's someone else. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. That was dope. Because I still have it in my <laughs> office. We'll go over there and check it nice. out. Yeah, I, I love to like as much art as possible. So if you ever want to put something on display, man, let me know. Cool. We'll knock that out. And you can always take it back <laughs> if you need to. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got, uh, do you know Chris Guzman? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a boxing glove nice. in my office, and uh, we've got the Tupac picture. So anytime, nice. and we've got Gabe Brahas' stuff in here. Nice. So we try to put as much as we can. Um, is there any way that people can check out your Kickstarter? Yeah, uh, kickstarter.com uh, and search book, book of Voices. Uh, it's on my Instagram, uh, my Facebook, and on my website. And you took over one of our Instagrams, yes. didn't you? Did I, I shut your Instagram down. You did. You, did. <laughs> you put in like 30 posts. I remember that. I'm sorry, man. We, but you, you made us have to put rules on it moving forward. It was awesome. <laughs> Trendsetter, man. There's your vigilante. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Don't give me an open forum ever. <laughs> did you get any kind of re, uh, re response from it? Yeah, I got a lot of people that I, I haven't reached out to. So thank you guys for that. I greatly appreciate that. Awesome, man. I don't because when we ask people to do that, we're never really sure if it helps. Oh, yeah. And honestly, I don't care if like we've had people. Um, if people post more than three times, it generally makes like a mass exodus on our on our on our channel. Okay. So like uh, usually, if like someone posts more than three times, we'll have just like forty people unfollow us right away. Uh -huh. um, but I'm willing to lose those forty if it means that we're progressing art. Gotcha. I have no problem with <laughs> it. So if you're gonna unfollow us because of it. Uh, screw you. That's <laughs> just the way it is. Um, so, anything else you want to plug? Because um, you got the what, you got the Julio de Arte Guerrera. That's your IG, right? Yeah, yeah. It's Arte de Guerra, uh, which is basically A R T E D E G U E R R A. Okay. Yeah. And my name, my last name means war. So I was like, yeah, art, art of war. war nice, or the dude. War of I didn't art. realize so, that. Like, let me play with this somehow and make it cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Well, dude, I appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank you and for having, having the convo. Um, I hope that like if people are listening and they they definitely want to check out your Kickstarter, they do that because dude, it's an awesome it's an awesome uh, project. Thank you. And it's something that uh, I think that a lot of people can use and and really and and you're just overall man, your character wise is just a great guy. And so thank you, man. anytime you need anything, let us know. Same here, man. Thank you so much. Cool. Well, uh, take care, man. You too. Thanks, bro. Talk to you soon. Cool.